welcome to another episode of Coffee Catch-Ups with me, Tanya Wiley. And me, Amelia Beaumont. Coffee Catch-Ups is a Christian podcast all about being a Christian and being in your 20s. And just a little disclaimer before we begin, we are not theologians or teachers, but we are two people, or today, three people who love Jesus um, and want to just live life for him. So, hey, Amelia, how are you doing? I am really well, thanks. All the better for having our wonderful guest with us. We're very excited by our guest. We've got the lovely Ali Mansfield here today. Hi, Ali. Hello, girls. How are you both doing? Very well, thank you. How are you? I'm really great, thanks. Thanks for ha- having me on the podcast. Uh, we are so excited to have you on, um, and you're going to share some awesome stuff about your work today, so I'm very excited. Um, now, uh, those of you that listen to this podcast regularly will know that we've done uh, another episode all about mission abroad, but this week we thought we would talk about mission at home. Yeah, so for those of you who may not have listened to that episode or need a little reminder, um, mission by, I guess, our definition is is essentially evangelism um but what we love about the word mission is that it gives direction to our evangelism Mm mission is a very kind of purposeful word um and it just gives it that structure that direction um and I think it really brings it back to the fact that actually this is a task given to us by God Mm -hmm. um it's given with a reason um and it's given with intention Ali how do you do you define mission the same way it's really hard, isn't it, to define mission? I mean, like evangelism, I suppose, is 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 different from different people's perspectives. Uh, for me, I definitely think that God has given me the gift of evangelism. I find it very easy to talk about my faith. Um, I've realized that over the past years, I probably have shared my faith a bit too much because when you find the love of God and you 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 come to realize what the spirit of love really is, you're just so I was just so excited about it I I wanted to share it with everyone my husband was just like Ali you just got to put a lid on it you're way too excited for Jesus so I suppose as as I've become a a slightly more mature there is a way to evangelize without even mentioning God or Jesus and it is a beautiful way and so uh, it's not just our words it's our actions it's our listening it's how um, important we make other people feel and I, and, I, and I guess it's about sharing that good news in a really gentle way that people aren't expecting. Um, people expect people from church to kind of put bums on seats. And I think evangelism doesn't really doesn't need to be that way at all. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. I love that making people feel special because that's what God does. God that it like leaves the 99 and goes for the one and that makes that one feel so incredibly special so if if we the church are mimicking Jesus and and um that should be embodied in our evangelism that's a really that's a really lovely way of putting it that I hadn't thought about it um to link both of your points Amelia and Ali is that uh we've got the structure of mission we've got the the beautifulness of evangelism from the individual and the church hopefully hopefully is doing has everybody working together as the body but Ali why don't why don't you tell us a little bit about um what you do because you said you you feel that evangelism is your gift yeah sure so um I was a teacher first off and I took a break in teaching and I was supply teaching and both my children were going to a village school at the time and um, I was attending uh, a church uh, summer day out and a lady came to me and said have you ever thought of working for the church I said no never never Um, I was sort of sort of 
five years into my faith and um, there was a, a position going at church, which I later realized it was written with me in mind. So I'm very, built, oh. very privileged. Um, so I went for the job and got it. That was a community outreach worker for the Methodist church. I feel so thankful to work for the Methodist church because they are thinking about church from a whole nother dimension. It is amazing. And so uh, a year into, into my, my work with the Methodist Church and sort of just being with the community, and I was really lucky because my children had been there. I'd already been part of that community for nine years. Mm-hmm. I was way ahead in kind of knowing what the community was like. Uh, a year into that, we had a new superintendent minister and he came to me and he said, I see you as a pioneer. And I had no idea what he was talking about. I'd never really thought about the word pioneering. I'd certainly never heard it within the Methodist church. And so I went into a process of um, discernment and I had to meet with uh, some other people of the church and chat about uh, how I saw myself and my faith and working in the community. And it was decided that I would make a a good pioneer. So I'm part of something called the Pioneer Pathway which is a learning pathway for pioneers all over the country to gather and talk about mission and community and what it is to be part of a community and pioneer a a, a new church that represents that community, not 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 a church in the sense of of that building or a traditional church, but actually what does the community what do they sense as, as church being for them and how to, to make that happen? And so that's the kind of the I've sort of been employed for five years by the Methodist Church and four years as a pioneer. And um, yeah, it's the most exciting job. Mm, wow. wow it. That's amazing. That's, that's so much. And I love the, the focus of just picking up particularly what you said um, kind of in the last bit about um, what the community needs actually like it's meeting people where they're at and I love that it Um, definitely is yeah I mean it goes back to that evangelism that one-to-one I think the main part of 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 what I feel God calling me to do is having one-to-one conversations with people and really listening listening to where people are at you're absolutely right Amelia Mm -hmm. it's so important that we we don't try and drag people to where we want them to be. But actually, you know, when when, G- when Jesus started the early church, he walked out, he walked through places and he he met with people, you know. Um, and that I think that's kind of the, the monastic church, that early church of, of just being with people, being together and hearing the thread of what is the, you know, I'm not there to fix the needs of the community, but I'm there. I've been called a fire starter and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, Definitely a good thing. <laughs> of, of listening to the thread, listening, you know, tuning into the Holy spirit, those spontaneous flowing thoughts, how father God speaks to us and listening to the people and seeing kind of like, um, it's like a fishing wire. It's like kind of invisible thread of similarities. And you think actually there's, 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 you know, there's something here that's a, a common thread 
what can we do to bring these people together? Uh, just for an example, in the last three months, I just kept getting the word grief cafe all the time in my mind and knowing that I'd been in, in, in contact with around 12 people. And that's just in our one village that are grieving. They're, they're suffering bereavement. Mm-hmm. And uh, three or four of them said to me, I would like to meet with other people who are grieving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a post pops up from somebody that I don't know of. Is there a grief cafe around? And then I get offered free training. So the three, I always feel like God speaks to me in the three. And so that was the people, the post and the training. And so that's what we're now doing with with the support of the community. We're starting our own grief cafe, our own grief group. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And I think in the in the post COVID era as well, where there's been so much loss, I think that's so important. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, coming back to what you were saying about lis- you just listen to people first. And so do you find that um, it was a case of of meeting people first, of getting to know people first before you went, oh, here's Jesus? Or was it you were in straight away with with that kind of the Jesus word and the I'm I'm part of church? Is there a process that you have when you approach kind of evangelism and working in the community? Um, well, there's two things I want to say about that. Uh, but before I, before I touch upon that, the first thing is, is that I was really glad that I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. You know, so I don't think I'll ever be in this position again where I think every every community that you pioneer in will be totally unique, of course. But I didn't know what I was doing. So I really had to lean into that. Those like I said, those spontaneous flowing thoughts of goodness of of where what do I do first? Now, the the first thing that I did was I I, uh, got to know the community. So parents at the school gate, um, going to the local bakery, uh, eating at the local pubs. Can I just ask a question on a logistical yeah. level? Yeah. Did you just go up to people like randomly and be like, hey, just with I'm- smile? I just, I mean, again, I knew a lot of parents because my children were already at the school. And then I just dropped into the local bakery and just introduced myself uh, and, and would pop in every week for a pint of milk or a loaf of bread, start using the, the shop, um, start meeting friends down at the pub regularly. And then I just got to know people very gently. Now, I do think I made the mistake in sort of saying to people, yes I'm Christian and And then after a while I just thought you don't I don't need to say that they know that I'm employed by the church they know that I'm Christian they know what I'm there for so it was about breaking down those boundaries of you know I mean people will come up to me and say well how on earth can you be Christian you wear bright red lipstick you drink tonic you're in the pub and it was yeah actually you know because God's really cool and he's not about you can't do this you can't do that he's life-giving and um and I can put my red lippy on and 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 feel great but just knowing that you know God's fun the Holy Spirit is really fun and Jesus has a sense of humor um and then there was a, a an acronym that I found my myself and my volunteers were using it was the acronym bless and it was being with people listening with two people um eating with them serving them in the groups of the outreach and then they asked us to share our story so it was actually talking about Jesus last when they had built up relationships with you, they knew that they could trust us, that we weren't going anywhere and we weren't going to get, you know, bums on seats and, you know, as, as what people call us sometimes, God squad Bible bashes. And I just say, yeah, I'm so proud to be that. I'm so <laughs> proud to be that. Um, but it was sharing Jesus was the last thing 
kind of what we do. And now we're five years into the ministry of just being, listening, eating and serving. And now uh, a small church is being formed because they want to know the story. And when you share that story from your heart um, and not in a professional or in a job, they then say, actually, this, this, there's something here that's really real. Yeah, I mean, amazing. And we, we, we talked about in our very first episode, we talked about evangelism. We talked about the power of testimony, about your story being your kind of your bridge between other people because yeah. they know you and you know Jesus. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of your your way in. And and I love that. And I love I also am so encouraged by you whenever I see you chatting to people. Um, you're so very um organic and just friendly and you loud. don't care loud there's nothing wrong with being loud love it there's nothing wrong with being quiet either <laughs> oh and also love that you're not afraid to to bear the the bible bashing name like all the oh here's god squad um because i think i i certainly i don't know about you Amelia I'm worried about Bible but I don't want a Bible bash let's talk about Bible bashing and do you actively avoid it or do you just not care um I think God's given me a beautiful gift in not overlooking a situation so I never look at the end product so therefore I think if I did I'd be too afraid and I think that's a really sad thing because I think the church has done so much damage in the past um and people's perceptions of the church are really you know, let's face it, I, I went to church as a child, it actually put me off, because it was cold, it was boring, I, I couldn't relate to it. Um, and this is my personal experience. And don't get don't get me wrong, we need different denominations, we need different forms of church to meet the needs of everybody. But for me, church was boring, I couldn't understand why they wore different colours and, uh, you know, and that they had to follow that it was quite traditional. And I just couldn't relate it. And actually, when the when the Bible was being spoken, it made me irritable. It physically made me irritable. Oh. And it, I know. And it was not until my mum said, oh, please, can you get married in a church? And it was like, oh, I don't want to get married in a church, mum. Really, you know, I was, was sort of against it. Um, and then there was a process of a few things that happened that my heart was warmed and, and certain things happened. It was like, oh, and now I know that the thing I hated the most was the thing that I love the most um, because I truly understand it. And so I can understand why people don't want to talk about it. I can understand why people have perceptions of church being hymns, pews um, and, and, and not relatable to them. And some people say to me, oh, yeah, but you think you're better than us. You, you as believers think that you're in church and you are better than people who don't believe. And I just said, I am so sorry that that somebody or, or I have given you that perception because actually I go to church because it's a, it's like a spiritual hospital. You know, if you were broken bone, you'd go to hospital. But for me, my soul was broken and I needed spiritual healing I needed to find a place and of course going and he hearing God's word which heals our soul which is what I believe we're totally made for we're all spiritual whether we're uh faith-filled I hate using the word religious because that's just totally not how I see God at all <laughs> um, and uh, I know Christianity is a religion a world religion but to be religious is totally different to be faith-filled and I try to be faith filled. Mm. Um, so 
So I try and hold that in my mind when I'm talking with people. Um, and I think, you know, some people have said to me, yeah, you've used the word God way too many times. So I'm so sorry. I just love him. I just love God. Um, and that just plants a seed for somebody to think about, you know? Mm. Yeah, I agree. And I think one of the, I mean, Amelia and I were talking about it before you came on, actually, Ali, was one of the big things that the enemy does is the when we're talking about mission and evangelism is fear. Uh, we spoke about it on the other podcast about mission abroad, the fear factor. Um, have you experienced that, Amelia, that that fear of going, of stepping out even where you are? Mm, yeah, for sure. And I think it's actually, I had more fear stepping out in like, you know, my my home in the in my sort of like normal everyday life than I did literally getting on a plane to South America and evangelizing there. Yeah. Because I, so I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before. So like when I was in primary school, I was bullied quite a lot. Um mostly partially for being overweight but also for being a Christian um and so I think that has really instilled that fear in me of talking to the people around me in the UK because I'm like oh like in my head I'm like I'm back in back in primary school and back in whatever situation that was um where it's kind of like oh are they gonna are they gonna dislike me about my faith am I gonna be accepted because here it's not nearly as socially acceptable as it might be in South America um and also uh, you can go home like you could you can run away when you're in South America you can you can like I can go back and just I can go to England if everything goes wrong and everyone gets their pitchforks out I can run away I agree you I agree away I agree. when you live there yeah. <laughs> like, you live, this is my home they know where I live <laughs> <laughs> I think to a certain extent, actually, Tanya, you're right, because, you know, when you're when you're in mission abroad or away from home, um, you know that you can you can retreat. But when you're sharing your faith with people around you, pretend, you know, particularly family members who are really not interested, they're watching you. They're, they're watching you, how you deal with worry and anxiety and difficult choices in life. And that's kind of more pressurizing. But, yeah, fear is does not belong to us I tell you that now it does not belong to us amen, amen to that so <laughs> true that is it's it's a weird kind of like paradoxical comfort and fear on the same level I don't know whether either of you have experienced this it's mm. like well I'm I don't really want to talk too much about my faith because these people are gonna potentially push me away um but also but because I'm comfortable with them um I can be myself but I'll keep that part of myself away like I found this with friends at uni from my course um and like I can think of two or three particular friendships where I was very much myself and I was very comfortable with them um but at the same time there was this fear and there was this kind of like oh I really don't want to bring it up um particularly with one friend she was very like you know just anti-church um for for many reasons and we never like we did have a couple of discussions about it, but it never kind of came to a point of me feeling happy with where that was going. Yeah. And so I, sometimes I shut those down because I was like, actually, I don't feel comfortable with this. And I feel scared that if we talk too much about it, we're not going to be friends anymore. Like we were housemates for a year, for goodness sake. Um, I just want to jump on that. I think, I think doesn't necessarily mean that by shutting down this conversation, um, you're always, you're not always doing the wrong thing by doing that. No, if, no, not if it's like an argument, you never, you never, like, no one was ever a Christian because somebody argued them into it, you know, like, you can never logically explain faith 
because it's illogical. I think that is the best thing when you're having that conversation and you feel, I think it's really mature to shut that down. I think it's that's a really mature thing because when we we could argue with it, as Jesus wouldn't do that. It, you know, he stood his ground and we can stand our ground. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean to say because we're Christian, we're pushovers, we're not. But we know our boundaries. And um, and I think actually by not sharing, oversharing faith, by listening, by being joyous when you're out with friends, not drinking too much, not getting into gossip, caring about them, that shows Jesus far more than trying to fight his corner because we don't need to fight his corner do we you know and um and quite often i just find myself when i'm listening to people or in that conversation with different people it's holy spirit you know what are you doing in the midst of this what is it you want me to say what is it you don't want me to say tell me when to to shut my mouth actually to close my mouth um yeah so it's it's difficult isn't it it's i think you've just got to be you, just be, we've got to be us, raw and authentic. We're never always going to get it right. But I think that shows non-Christians and those that, that don't have a faith in Jesus to say, actually, yeah, we're not perfect. Our middle name isn't Jesus. I love that. All of that. Do you know what? I've known you for half an hour and I'm already just like so encouraged. <laughs> it's also, I, I, I've studied Andy Bannister. I love him and I've seen him so much at Creation Fest. Um, he talks about the three questions so instead of trying to answer somebody else's questions, you could say, I wonder what would happen if. So you would put what they're talking about on a spin or um, have you ever felt the sense of. But I think, you know, that that just leaves them for something to think about, because we don't need to provide the answers. I think people need the opportunity to search for themselves. I know that when someone, when my mum kept saying, oh, you know, but, but this, but Jesus, but God, and it was just like, I don't want to hear about it. But when my mum showed me absolute understanding, when I made massive mistakes in my teenage years and in my twenties, my mum just loved me through it. That, and that was Jesus. That's beautiful. And I, I think I love what, what's just being said I'm so encouraged I'm just like this is beautiful um about where you are you the people your immediate family your your friends the people that you see every day this is your mission field um but how do we like go from that being your mission field to also trying to push slightly more um and just trying to go and be a little bit more proactive where we are um because I think sometimes there's a danger of that's not my job that's not like I don't need to do that that's oh there's pioneer ministers I don't need to do that Um, (laughs) and that's that's the most amazing thing about being in the body of Christ isn't it we've all got our giftings we've all got what God has called us to do and so we're all working together in this seam of this beautiful uh, flow, ever flowing Holy Spirit, where, you know, Tanya, you've got giftings that I certainly haven't got. But together, you know, we can. But I think you're right. I think, you know, when, you know, God doesn't want us to just do, do, do because we are Christians. Mm-hmm. Being loved by God makes us want to go out and be kind to others and show that kindness, show, you know, giving that meal to the homeless on the street or, or, or giving money to charity or, you know, cooking your neighbor a meal when you know that they're unwell. It's those very small acts of kindness that are mighty powerful. Um, and that's kind of all we need to do is just encourage 
um and those acts of kindness you know so mm. i think it just starts there missions i think evangelism really starts at home i think we've got to put god first then our family and then what god's called us to do ministry for me comes last because i've got to flow from god i've got to put him first which is what he says when jesus came and gave us that you know love me love and then go and love your neighbor but but put me first but then God's equipped me with a beautiful family of two children and a husband, and I've got to love them. You know, they don't see Jesus anywhere else but home. And I've got to be really careful. And um, and then then to show Jesus in, in my ministry. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely the, that God first is the so is the is the fuel. To be. Yeah. 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 Do you know what I really love about I think everything you've said, really, but particularly just within the last couple of minutes is that it comes from an overflow of mm. of this relationship with God. Um, and, I, you know, there's that classic, you know, if you if you put God first, everything else will fall into place. Um, but that is actually so true. And I, I what I really love about what you've been saying is actually, you know, when you say God, family, ministry, um, actually that is when you when you put God in that position, that is what happens. And it naturally flows down. And the more you spend time with God and the more you are in relationship with him the more you want to tell people about him but it it starts it starts with god it starts with that person it does you're absolutely right i mean and there are many days where i I get to 11 o'clock and it's like oh i i haven't prayed but i i do before my feet touch the floor it's like holy spirit i just just draw me closer today Um, I don't tend to ask too much but I'm listening I try to listen listen in those still moments of of um, being in the queue at the supermarket or or, you know waiting in the car Um, and quite often you know starting the day with God is is the most is the beauty of it but then throughout the day you know I I quite often when I'm going going out um, to outreach group or praying in tongues or I'm singing um, and having a laugh or asking for visions and there's so many different ways we can spend time with God it doesn't have to be in that that kind of the stillness because my life is so busy I find it very very hard to find that stillness but I'll praise God for Pete Gregg <laughs> and his 10 minute Lectio 365 morning and night because that really does help me but mm-hmm. um, I journaling I try to sit and journal with God rather than pray and then think oh I can't hear anything for 30 seconds so I'm, I'm going to go off to work now but it's that sitting and writing but we've kind of got to embed that like you said it, you know with a relationship you've got to give it time you've got to give it respect and yeah and it's hard it's hard it's hard work but you have to prioritize it as well like I feel we've spoken about this before I think on the podcast that because the idea that because God is always there that oh oh, okay well then I'll I'll do my washing now because that 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 needs to be done and but God God God's there he can wait but actually it's about making it a priority and um and often that's why like I know a lot of people will be like first thing in the morning I touch base I touch base with God we can also talk about and I think a lot of the worry with evangelism is I'm not good at it I don't have that gift what would you say ladies um to anybody who is going I'm not good at it how do I even like start to do evangelism I hate talking I would ask God to give you the gift to evangelize in a way that he wants you to do it. And we go back to that scripture, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, where it says, you know, 
I have the plans for you to prosper. He knows what he's called us to do and we can do it in his strength. Not all things, but the things that he has called us to do. And evangelism can come in many forms. It can come in art. It can come in singing. It can come in poetry. It can come in sharing a book. It doesn't have to be through talking. It can come through so many things. Um, th th there's one thing that I do tend to use when um, when someone says, oh, Jesus Christ, I go, oh, I say that all the time, you know, and I'm kind of make, don't make them feel uncomfortable for blaspheming. And then they say, oh, oh, I'm really sorry. And I said, no, no, don't worry. Um, but I said, have you ever wondered why we use the name of Jesus when we blaspheme? Like, why is that? And they're like, I don't know, because it's the most powerful name ever. It's the most beautiful name. Come on. Just, yeah. <laughs> instead of going, uh, excuse me, can you not blaspheme? I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a believer. It's just like, oh, I, I love Jesus. And and that has really sparked so many conversations with people. That's you know? a very cool tip. Mm. I love that. <laughs> Absolutely love that. We love that. I think the humor thing is is important. Like I think, I think we've just got to be easygoing. Mm -hmm. Just be expect us to be serious. More yeah. Christian, oh. and I'm really serious. <laughs> um. Like I said, Jesus has got a sense of humor, you yeah. know, and he wants us. He wants us to play in the playground with him. He wants us to be fun. He wants us to be joyous. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, love that. So um, good. Like you don't have to be the biggest people person ever to be an evangelist. Mm -hmm. You just have to, you just have to love people. Mm -hmm. um, and again, that comes out of this overflow of your relationship with Jesus and loving him. If you're, if you're putting Jesus first and loving him and like letting him love you and show you that love, like just let it come from the overflow. Mm -hmm. um, like you don't have to be super articulate with your words. Goodness knows I'm not like and I, I find it really hard I'm one of these people that we've been talking about that finds it really difficult to evangelize um but actually you know if you're being with people and loving them mm. that's that's showing them Jesus God is love and I think yeah. there's a real place for humility within it because I have definitely felt in the past the danger of um there's a right answer that um there's a judgment like the classic judgy Christian thing um and and I think the solution to that you know because people are sinful we're all sinful and the and people who aren't Christian they don't know they're being sinful really they're just because why would they they don't they're just going about them they're doing what the world says they should do yeah. um and so we have to like not come and meet them from a place of above we're looking down on you because we know jesus we have to come on a place of oh my goodness i can relate i'm sinful i've been there i've been broken like i i i'm saved but not through my own strength and so i think when it comes to evangelism we also have to come with that humble heart if you're going in proud then get out don't don't bother Check, go back to Jesus get your heart right and and that's being brutally honest with yourself like am I judging this person like yeah, yeah. And we all do it without even realizing yeah. don't we mm -hmm. we all do yeah. we all do that yeah and quite often I mean actually going back to what you said a, a moment ago Amelia you, we don't have to be articulate we can just be evangelizing or just over coffee with one friend um, and quite often, you know, somebody says to me, well, you know, what do I do? And it's like, I, I can't tell you and I can't fix you, but I'm with you in it. Yeah. And um, 
and checking that heart. I'm so thankful for all, every one of my mistakes that I've made because God has allowed me to really understand where other people are coming from. Yeah. And the last thing they want to hear is you need Jesus because it's such, it's not a pity party. We're not, you know, it's actually, I, I, I very rarely pray for someone to come out of that place. I pray that for, for the spirit of love to hold them and journey with them through that place. Mm-hmm. Um, but go, just going back to what you said, Tanya, then about, um, when we invite Jesus into our lives, I could not believe how I saw everything so differently. Mm. So, you know, I went to bed one, one night, I haven't invited Jesus in. And the next day, the whole world, the colors were totally different. That It was like I could see through uh, a looking glass. It was like I could see through like a, like into another world. It was, it's, um, you can't explain, it's so amazing. And, <laughs> um, and, and it's like, I had these other senses and I was able to be in tune a little bit more and so appreciative of the small things like raining or the flower or the bird or listening to the breeze. And it was like, oh, you know, actually your heart just changes. Um, but people don't know that until it's really happened to them and you can't tell them that they need it because that's kind of like yeah yes it's it's a balance I think it depends on the people that you're talking to doesn't it but you have to see that you have to also remember the old eyes that you had yes being relatable isn't it yeah it's being relatable and not and I think particularly if you've been a Christian for a long time it can be easy to forget and relate to the person that hasn't been and is never and is really far away um and, and that's what the Holy Spirit is part of us for, is interceding for us. We're, we still sin as Christians. So we've always got that reminder. When was the last time you sinned? Probably earlier today. So remember that before you you go in and have the lens of I'm also I'm also broken here. And um, I'm not going to go in and correct your behavior because that's not my place. No. Yeah. I think last time we were talking about evangelism in the first episode, we talked about um, that it our job is to love Mm. um and it's the holy spirit that convicts yeah yeah Yeah. absolutely and it's something i find really hard just because it's like but i kind of go into like into into sort of like panicky mode because i'm Mm. like oh no i feel like this could be going somewhere where this could be an evangelistic conversation oh my gosh how do i do this um right (laughs) what do i say i don't want to say the wrong thing and it just like my head just goes a little bit crazy um and it's kind of like even though you know, I, I something I struggle with is is knowing that I've got like the knowledge almost, mm. um, and you know, it's like I can I can give you Bible verses, I can tell you that Jesus loves you, and it's it's all things that you know in your head and things that you know would be great to say, um, but the kind of like oh gosh, I really don't know where to go here, and then I think sometimes it can come in with a when you do sort of manage to get out the the Bible verses that you think you should get out it can turn into that place of pride almost um and then you know sort of come across inadvertently like you're thinking that you're better than that other person because you think that the right answer is a bible verse mm. um but yeah i mean how how do we avoid that kind of like the the bible bashing i know we kind of touched on this a little bit before big question I just want to say on on one thing you said in that was um when you feel like something's going to be to a a potential evangelistic opportunity 
Um, I think maybe there's that, that we need to t- dial the pressure down on ourselves mm. because actually like God's the one that does this. Like we're just the, um, the vessel, uh, the tool that he might use. And every other moment of your of your relationship with this person is also an evangelistic opportunity. Mm. Um, so I think that might help because then you're not like, oh my goodness, I need to say exactly the right thing. Um, and I love it. I love it when people are so down to earth. And I wonder if there's an element of bringing that in because it's open, it's it's human, it's real into evangelism of going, oh, I actually don't, I don't really know. I'm not an expert. I'm just a human, but this is what I ex- experience. And I think in if you can then allow your story alongside this conversation, if you don't know the technical theological argument to this or the, the answer going, oh yeah, I don't know. I'll look at it. I'll get back to you. But also I do know this and this is my story and this is why I, I love Jesus. Um, I don't know. I would agree. I, I would say, you know, very often I say to people, I, yeah, that's a really good point. I don't know the answer to that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know all things and I certainly don't know all the Bible scriptures. Um, but, you know, can we, can I come back to you? Can I, can I go and seek some other advice from somebody else and, and get back to you on that? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think like admitting that you don't know or admitting like we were talking about kind of earlier that yes the church has made mistakes people have been hurt and so yeah absolutely it comes down to that humility and going yeah I'm not perfect we as the church are not perfect Mm. and that's okay we're not like you know we're called to do our best but we cannot reach that level of perfection Mm. Um, but actually just because we are not perfect it doesn't mean that we serve a god who isn't either um and actually like bringing it back to the character of god and and who he is as opposed to keeping the focus on who we are um yeah. is really key i love it i love it everything you just said i'm like yeah preach it sister mm-hmm. <laughs> get, on, get on that stage start preaching it uh, uh I, before we kind of close up I just want to talk a little bit about um the place for serving so I guess kind of linking back to what we were saying about um not feeling like you're really vocally skilled or you don't have the the gifts of evangelism alongside evangelism comes this beautiful thing called serving which I just think is this so connected to mission and I know Ali you do a lot um of of this within your community projects could you tell us a little bit about some of your projects which are solely aimed at kind of like serving the community and yeah, sure. can you also alongside that tell us if that has led to any connections and any sort of growth in, for loving Jesus yeah definitely definitely so one of the first things that we started to do when I started pioneering was there a there was a lot of parents that wanted to get together and talk about the difficulties in bringing up children and so we formed um I think we ran five parenting courses in total we did three for younger children and then a couple of courses for teenagers and that led to some people wanting to know about praying for their children that led on to an alpha those people are now in house groups those that are in house groups are now forming the church and there's been that thread now alongside all of that we've started um, a pop-up cafe and at the cafe you know we've got people praying for each other um 
we have got the food hub where uh, it's not a food bank it's a food hub where people can come and buy food at reduced prices because it reduces food waste that's been amazing to, to have a cup of tea and a cup of coffee with homemade cake they come and get their shopping they share life um that's been a, a really beautiful way to know about people's lives to to speak about the love of god and again pray when they come and say say you know, I'm really short of money this week. And we say, it's okay, have this food for free. And by the way, you know, it, would you like me to pray for you? Oh gosh, yes, please. Um, mm -hmm. The Repair Cafe once a month. I mean, this has been amazing. Tanya, <laughs> uh, your dad has just gathered all of these men uh, being a woman myself, I cannot relate to the men out there. You know, I think I think there is a place for women to support women and men to support men yeah. and then mixed groups to support each other. But for three years, I prayed for uh, for a gentleman to come along and support the men in the village. And um, and then I had that phone call from dad to say, I'm going to be retiring. And my passion is a repair cafe. And he's gathered a whole team of men with women, but predominantly men. Now, that ministry is fabulous to be people come in with their items uh, and and we're, they're sharing lives they're sharing their stories uh, again we're offering that tea that coffee that that free service of fixing something yeah. and it was like restoring it's like restoring things and reconnecting lives yeah. it's been a beautiful and it's interesting because the people a lot of the I happen to know quite a few of the repairers they're not you know they're not public speakers but they're good at fixing things yeah. and they're like they come with this gift of going and I think that's what my dad's heart was in starting it was well, what can I do what do I do and what he does is acts of service he doesn't really enjoy having a sit down and a coffee he'll do it but I've got this gift how yeah. do we make it an evangelistic opportunity it, uh, it's just been a really wonderful way to to serve the community alongside our neighbor nominations you know encouraging neighbors to people to look out for their neighbors because we've lost that. I do feel um, as generations have gone on, we've kind of lost that community feel. You know, we're all very busy going to work and doing our thing. And particularly during winter, we don't tend yeah. to go out. Um, and uh, so neighbor nominations, we, you know, we want people to nominate somebody that they know, whether it's a, a you know, difficult time or a time of joy, nominate them for a treat. And then, so this week we went out with a hundred cupcakes and um, we only had 10 nominations, so we delivered those 10. And then the, the rest of the 80 cupcakes, we went out and just gave them to people. And I met people that were struggling with family dementia. Somebody had lost their two of their children, grown, grown adults. Um, somebody going through cancer battle. And, and you get to talk to these people and listen to these people. And that one small act of kindness in a cupcake, seriously, it's like ministering cupcakes, Jesus will use the cupcake and it sounds really silly, but it's changed people's lives because then I've had people come to me and say, can I be part of the repair cafe or can I come down to the cafe? And then they've um, joined a house group and or, or can I become a volunteer and and they volunteer and then they say, when we volunteer to do this, there's like a really strange love that I have. And like, what what is that about? And, and I just, ah. Oh, maybe you're sensing the Holy Spirit. Well, what, what's what's the Holy Spirit? And it's just again those conversations, and it just feeds in. It just drips in, and we're now forming the church. Oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm so emotional. Like I genuinely know. listening to you talk about that, and just 
the the lives and like just that we're surrounded by broken people we're all broken yeah. and we're all, we don't, yeah. yeah you don't have to look far to to find people that need Jesus they're literally right next to you yeah. um, and it's that's yeah. so beautiful so our Thank you so much for all the work that you are doing, Ali. Is there anything that we can do um, or anybody listening to support any of your work? Pray. Prayer is the foundation of everything. If we can have our conversations with God to just say, what is it you want to be doing next? And just show them, show Ali and show the volunteers what needs to be done and, and, and allow us to believe big. You know, uh, I don't want to be a Christian that's kind of tunnel vision. I want to know that God is working in all things. Uh, and sometimes there has been times where I've looked and I think, is that, the, is that the enemy trying to get in? Actually, it was God doing something so new, but in a way that I didn't recognize it. And I don't want to shut those things down. Yeah, so good. I think just to round off, love, love everything you're saying. Um, but for those of us who are not employed as pioneer ministers, um, like I think something that we were talking about last time, maybe is quite often that mission, whether that's in the home field or wherever, um, I'll do that later. Like not now. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm too busy and um, I don't really feel a particular kind of calling to anything. Um, what would you say to someone who is feeling like that, who doesn't really know? what to do or isn't necessarily bothered about doing anything i would encourage them to be really brave and pray the biggest prayer that they'll never regret and that is lord father god you know you love me i am yours and i give my whole life to you what is it you want me to be doing Mm. Um, because I'm so thankful for that and I was there was so many times where I was like oh, I don't know if I could do my own radio show oh I don't know what to do I don't know what to say and now I love it because God just equips us and and he will guide the path and he will provide every step of the way oh and it is the most exciting incredible journey and just to be living that way uh, it's hard but it's amazing. And I think there's there's growth. There's more growth in those times of what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. God's moving so deeply in those. in those. So just praise, praise and, and be thankful that actually you're in that place because what's to come next is, is, is kind of like a, a spiritual um, agitation. It's like a spiritual agitation. And that's a really good thing to, to experience because there's growth in that. So, people, this week we are recommending to you board games, which is an excellent, excellent suggestion of recommendations by the lovely Tanya. Um, Ali, what board game are you recommending to us? I think it's got to be Beat the Parents. Oh, not physically, I hope. No, no. <laughs> Of course not. <laughs> it's great. Our children and, and my husband and I, we love it. So it's children versus the parents. It's really great. So yeah, beat the parents. But what do you, how do you beat the parents? You've got to do questions and go around the board game. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, great stuff. Tanya, what is your recommendation for us? Okay, so I can't decide what my favourite board game is. So I've got two options for you, depending on how 
you're feeling. Okay, so Monopoly Deal is an absolute classic. It is a quicker version of Monopoly. My other recommendation is a game called Jungle Speed. Now, I have to warn any of you, it can get violent, okay? Mm-hmm. But in the best way. Um, <laughs> because, okay, how it works, it's kind of like Adult Snap. Oh, no, I'll say that again because <laughs> that makes it sound. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not what you want to advertise. I don't know. It's not pictures of, no. <laughs> okay, so it's like Snap, but like quite tricky because it's only tiny. It's like Spot the Difference Snap where you have to sort of work it out. And if you get the same card as another person, you have to grab the totem pole, which is in the middle of the circle or the table or wherever you're playing. And whoever grabs that totem pole wins and so can give their cards to somebody else and you've got to lose your cards first. Now, the grabbing of the totem pole, that's the violent bit because you have to, if you both grab at the same time, it's a fight to the death to see who gets the totem pole. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Ironically, the most violent I've ever seen this game has been Christian Union Weekends Away. Yes. Yeah. And it's amazing. (laughs) Amelia, what are you recommending? So my recommendation is Ticket to Ride. Um, so if you don't know what that game is, it's essentially you have a map of wherever. I have the Europe version, which I really enjoy. Um, and you're given journey cards. So you have to build a train line between two different cities, um, which are all kind of like dotted across the map. So you say like London to Athens um, and they're all kind of segmented up. So you, you do it bit by bit. Um, but obviously everyone else is trying to build their train line at the same time. So sometimes you have to like work out alternative routes um or see if you can like build stations to hop on other people's routes and that kind of thing um and it's actually really good fun my sister when I when I first introduced this game to her said uh is this a really nerdy travel game um my response was yes but I think you will really enjoy it um and she really did so there you go Testing my sister. I have a question. Is there like a is there like a chance card where it's like all trains have gone on strike? Go back to the beginning. <laughs> I feel like that would be very uh, no, because we want it to be escapism from reality. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And not traumatizing. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. And Ali, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a, such a uh, pleasure to have you chatting with us and sharing your wisdom um is there anything that you would like to do a cheeky plug of maybe your radio shows that you're on yeah so actually uh, there's three so there's uh cross rhythms on a wednesday morning seven till nine i do the breakfast show on plymouth radio and then radio welcome uh thursday at nine till eleven is the light show and that is sharing jesus through love positivity and joy through music and community interviews and then our Sunday show, actually, Radio Walkham said, could you do a church show? It was like, you want me to talk about Jesus on the radio? Yes. So we do a 30 minute light touch of faith, Christianity um, and Jesus. And that's through music and a 10 minute God talk. And that is 10 a.m. on Sundays. So good. Thank you so much. I, for one, I'm feeling mega inspired after chatting to you. Um, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I've loved chatting with you.